Welcome to Max Storm Business Coaching for the Health and Fitness Professional Podcast, where you will hear and learn tips, tricks, and marketing secrets that will allow you to build your business from ordinary to extraordinary. Visit us at maxstormcoaching.com. Now, here's your host. Hello. This is Ashley Mazurik at MaxStormCoaching.com. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today we have an interesting topic that I want to play around with and, and talk about because it is, it's, it's interesting for a lot of reasons. And the main thing I want to talk about is, you know, why, how it benefits anybody that's listening. And uh, bear with me because I, I tend to ramble when it comes to stuff like this, but, and I've got some information that is um, comes from different sources that I will try to give out as well. But the purpose of the podcast, today's topic is what's so important about the mother archetype. And um, we could say what's so important about the mother. And um, if those of you who are in holistic or integrative health or are integrative practitioners, part of being holistic in your nature and helping someone is having your own spiritual practice of going through your own wounds and own healing process. And, and when I say that, in order for you to help another, you have to have, have gone through the process and experience of helping yourself so that you can then create compassion and understanding. And then obviously in our clientele practices, what we, what the universe provides to us is clients that are mirror images of us, A, to help us, or B, and a lot of my instances, it's clients that come to me who have in some way, fashion, or form are going through something that I have already been through, and I can see myself in them clear as day. And so I'm able to coach them through the uh, through the process of understanding what they are going through. So they, um, you know, there's different ways of healing. There's a lot of uh, great people out there that instruct, you know, just kind of let it go and don't think about it and don't ruminate on it and let all that negative garbage slash programming go. Mm. Well, for me, um, I'm a little bit, I'm sort of an intellectual in the standpoint. I tend to intellectualize things and I want to understand something, everything, I must say. And so for me, my practice and my coaching has to, has a, it's about creating understanding so that you can create compassion. And when you can create compassion, it means you can raise your consciousness to the level of the heart. And then you can open your heart to understanding um, why these things happen in your life uh, or to people, to other people, yourself. And then you can move on. Uh, so for me, it's about helping clients understand, helping myself in the past understand situations, get clarity, create focus, and then create a positive thought process there going forward, which for, from my own experience was very healing. Um, so 
what's so important about the mother archetype, the mother. And so Carl Jung talks about what archetype means. And for those of you who are like, what the heck is an archetype? Um, It refers to an inherited idea or mode of thought that is present in the unconscious of the individual. Now, let me give you an example of an archetype that we all have to some degree, and you may resonate with this. Um, We all have the mother in us, the mother archetype, that nurturing uh, part of us, the father, the victim, the child, the saboteur. Uh, I can tell you right now, I can really relate a lot of times in my life to my own saboteur archetype. And for me, when I studied archetypes, what was helpful about it is when I would be going through life and kind of being aware or becoming the witness of what was going on in my own life, it's like, wow, I'm really sabotaging myself. And look at this, the saboteur archetype is profound right now. It is very much active in me. And so if I don't want to be active, then I can then change the situation. First, be aware that saboteur is coming into effect and abolish that. Um, Some people have a very active child archetype, which, you know, if some of you may resonate with knowing somebody like this, but the child, the, the, the constant child archetype is someone who basically kind of is always um, being the child, um, needing mommy's help, needing money, needing to live with, or, you know, they're 30 years old and they still live with mom. They're 45 years old and they still live with mom. And that is the constant child archetype where they are na- unable to grow up but, and are the child at, at, at a non-child age. Okay, so again, let's go regroup, go back. Why is this information so important for anyone to know that's in this industry? Well, I, I really believe that part of being an integrated holistic practitioner, it's about understanding all aspects of to, of to the degree that someone gets better. And it's not just the physical. If anyone thinks it's just the physical, they're mistakenly wrong. Um, can there be trauma? And there can be a physical issue from trauma? Yes. But underlying, there are other aspects to the healing process that deal with the mental, emotional, and spiritual. And so uh, the the mother archetype is part of a piece of the puzzle because when we go through life, we start out in the womb, in the utero, and that whole period of time into birth is an influential aspect and then thereafter um, to our survival of who we become and who we are. And those of you who um, have experienced or know about your own childhood traumas, um, those who were ever in uh, the mother's womb and had trauma to the mother, um, or there was trauma to you as a child and infant in the womb, can understand uh, to some degree how that's affected you. If we look at um, a resource by Mark Wolin, Didn't Start With You, uh, a book that is very uh, interesting as it relates to 
why we have the emotions and feelings and perceptions that we do can go so far as three three generations back, um, starting with the mother to the grandmother to the great-grandmother that gave us these implicit memories that we may not understand where they came from. Well, Dr. Uh, Wolin talks about that in his book. And, and I've also heard other references say that it goes back as far as 10 generations, that there's this genetic code within us from our lineage that gives us this these sense and feelings of dysfunction, distortion that we don't understand. And with, if we understand that, then we can stop meditating on it. We can stop focusing it. We can stop um, just constantly trying to figure out why we do the things that we do and move on with our life. And that's a that's a reference that I would highly recommend if, if you are in a place where I don't understand where why when every time I get into a situation or I go over a bridge, I want to jump off the bridge or I want to, um, every time I see rope, I feel like, um, I want to choke myself and, you know, um, commit suicide. It could very well be a history in your past lineage that one of your great greats was actually hung and you still have that genetic um, feeling inside of you from that experience of a past generation. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Read the book. Honestly, um, they give you tons of research in there to help understand, um, situations like that. So back to the mother archetype, uh, the power in the mother. This is a quote that I truly love by Stanley Kilman. He says, our family determines how we find our ground, how we form our territory. If we don't have plenty of touching and holding, we may never be sure of ourselves emotionally, of the ground we stand on, since we cannot trust others to hold us. It's been my experience, as well as others, that people who are not held enough, held enough by a primary caregiver, have a fear of falling and hold themselves stiffly away from the earth. So this is a quote that I use in um, part of my teaching when I, when I do teach infant development because infant ve- development is so important to uncovering any kind of mental, emotional, cognitive, uh, musculoskeletal issues uh, because there's this process that sometimes can get um, inhibited or missed or skipped over and um, it can basically come back to haunt you in your adult uh, life. And so we talk about these stages and we talk about how that happens. So that's why I'm going to do a, that's why I'm doing this brief kind of information on uh, this information because it is so very important. Um, and so talking about Stanley Kilman's quote, um, we can all resonate, but probably that wouldn't we agree that touching and holding and connecting with someone is a source of feeling love. And um, if we talk about being grounded, that is an aspect of being grounded within somebody. And then thinking about someone who had, didn't have that nurturing, didn't have that holding, um, has a sense of holding themselves stick, stiff, 
stiffly away from the earth means that they are ungrounded. So where is grounding in the um, the aspect of our body? Body, It's basically in the root area. Um, it would be called the root chakra. It would be musculoskeletally located from the top of the ilium down all the way through the lower extremities to the feet. And when we're ungrounded, if we talk about what it means to be deficient in the root chakra, ungrounding is one of those um, as it relates to being solid in that root. It's being aware of body and what the body feels in any moment in time, um, survival, um, fear, nourishment, manifestation, prosperity, loyalty, anger. These are all things that are properties of the root chakra. And why that's so important is because this, there is a, the, the, under, the understanding of what chakras mean is huge because it manifests into the energy, into the musculoskeletal system that if the energy is deficient, then the musculoskeletal system is deficient as well, meaning there is tonicity, there, there is tightness, there is rigidity, um, there, there are emotions held in the root chakra within the musculoskeletal system that prevents someone from being balanced, uh, potentially uh, grounded. Uh, so it's important for us as therapists that if you ever are interested in going a little deeper into the, the field of what we do beyond the physical, this is a, this is a great path. And so, you know, for instance, the, the mental emotional aspect of this root is anger. So if you've got somebody who A, is fearful, B, has trust issues, C, has anger, then you are definitely going to have issues in the root. When I say uh, issues, that means if somebody has chronic low back pain at the L5-S1 junction, if you have uh, hip issues, um, that labral tears, um, um, c- contractures, um, if you've got medial rotation of the femur, which means you've got valgus knees or even valgus hind feet, these are all root issues. And I will say that all of these issues to some degree have to do with all those characteristics of root to some degree. So they may have um, uh, constant thoughts of dealing with finances, maybe which has to do with survival. So I mentioned survival. So people who are constantly worried about money and how they're going to survive, how they're going to afford their bills, uh, that root, that constant rumination of thought causes too much energy to be invested in the root, which ultimately can cause too many problems. That means the energy can't rise in the body, which ultimately is a rising of consciousness, which ultimately leans, means that we grow as an individual. Obviously, the goal is to move more into our heart center. So it's, it's, let's go further and talk about this mother archetype. Uh, when, when we are in the womb, um, Dan Siegel talks about um, the formation of implicit memories that can be uh, formed as early as third trimester of utero to preverbal years. And I will add to that, you can, you can at any age form a a implicit memory. Uh, and I'll, let me talk about that. Implicit memories are basically memories that you can't create a chronological detailed um, information about. Um, you don't have the ability to know the date, time, place, and who all, who all else was involved in it. 
only way you know you have an implicit memory is because you have emotions or perceptions or body reactions wrapped around an idea of something. I'll give you an example of an implicit memory. Implicit memory can be a person who walks into a house and all of a sudden they hear a dog and literally feel like they're going to jump out of their skin or become very fearful or feel like they need to leave or are very uncomfortable, afraid, and they don't understand why. Uh, so, But all they know is they have these feelings. Well, that could very well be, well, I'm going to say it is, an implicit memory that probably in their pre-verbal uh, years, they had an incident w- with a dog that created a perception and so much fear that at that moment, there was so much cortisol and adrenaline that it bypassed the hippocampus and went right into the amygdala, which allowed that person to not to lose the details of the experience um, to explain this. And so all they have with them is just these emotions, perceptions, or body reactions. And so that's a, that's a, uh, an implicit memory. Um, if you had an explicit memory, then it would be, you would be able to say, uh, yeah, Hey, um, I got bit like five years ago by a great Dane and I'm just really uncomfortable around dogs and your dog may be like the perfect dog. But for me, I'm still, I'm still regurgitating that experience. What was it really good? So I have a perception of dogs as a whole and it's not very good. So is there any way you can put your dog in another room? Um, otherwise I can just leave. That would be, that, that'd be what I basically would be talking about. And so I just mentioned um, part of Dan Siegel's work, which is a, I'm going to say is a reference, a person, a neuroscientist that I highly recommend if you are interested in um, this type of, of work. And part of what Dan Siegel awful also offers is his mindsight work as it relates to, um, it, the book is called Mindsight, but it also relates to the first year of uh, development of a child after birth until one years old, they develop, children develop um, these attachment, um, secure attachment, and uh, an anxious attachment, avoidant or disorganized attachments that comes from the primary caregiver. And that can be, you know, obviously, the mother or the father. But say if somebody's adopted, then it would be that, that secondary, whoever that primary caregivers that adopted that child. Um, but it's, it is most important that it's in the first year of this child's life. And so his work um, is fantastic in explaining why we do the things that we do in today that very much has to do with the mother relationship with the child um, and whether that attachment was secure or all the way to the extreme disorganized. And, you know, what's so important about that, what's so profound about that is these attachments affect our social, emotional, cognitive functions as a child then and then as an adult. And so... 
whether it's physical or emotional, as far as this caregiver, it can directly impact our survival. And there's a really another good book that quote comes from, it's called Eastern Body, Western Mind um, by Anadia Judith, who says that. So if there is any kind of physical abuse or emotional abuse, and off, uh, just recently, Dr. Witt Keith Witt talked about how emotional abuse is much worse than physical. And there's a lot of other references that I I don't recall in the past studying that said the same thing. Um, But those particular types of abuses can cause these anxious, avoidant, and disorganized attachments that can lead to problematic um, issues for people. These people, ultimately what I'm telling you, can be your clients. Okay. And so part of, you know, in the first, let's see, 28 years of my career in this industry, the first eight, eight, first 10 years, I was all physical. Everything was about the physical. I did rehab. I did, I worked on spinal issues. I, it was, it was nothing but that. And then I come to find that there were, you know, you end up being a therapist. And so I was like, man, I don't even know how to deal with all these psychological issues that these clients are coming to me with. And they're telling me things that, you know, they've never told anyone. And, you know, I, I need to get myself more educated and expand my level of consciousness to really be effective if I'm going to try to help them. And then slowly learning that, you know, physical is only a quarter of the process of the complete healing state. So um, diving into mental, emotional, spiritual was the, the next aspect of the my career to truly help someone at all of those levels um, as far as getting better. Yeah, I, I can get pretty much anyone out of pain, but pain is not just driven by the physical. Pain is also driven by many, many other things. And um, uh, uh, Dan Siegel talks about the mind, which is the psyche, which the psyche has a tremendous amount of impact on the perception of, of our own own pain that we create. And it, you know, Dan Siegel talks about the mind being defined as an embodied process that regulates the flow of energy and information. And so with that being said, if that's true, which I, when I read that and with my experience with studying this stuff, I would say he's right on the money because as soon as somebody has an idea, as soon as somebody has that idea and doesn't feel nurtured or supported with that idea and they feel the need to repress it or disassociate from an idea or experience in their life and they put it inside their body, what do you think it's going to do to that particular muscle that the idea is hidden in at the level of the chakra? It's going to restrict. It's going to cause energy restriction. It's going to cause muscular restriction, which is ultimately going to cause subluxation of joints, ischemic trigger points, and you're going to have a physical manifestation. And, you know, I'm, it's not because that there's a tight muscle. It's because potentially most 99.9% a time there's ideas or belief system. What's a belief system? It's a reoccurring thought pattern. They have a belief with inside of them that they have not yet rectified or come to fruition about whether or not that serves them. And, uh, and so we work through that and that's me. It's the funnest part of what I do. 
So the mother, uh, the mother's attachment to the child has so such a great impact on their social, emotional, cognitive function. Um, And you know, being uh, having a mother, having an experience uh, that wasn't the greatest um, and going through uh, lots of abuse. I can, I can relate to all of this information. And obviously that was one of my motives for researching is for my own healing. And, you know, then obviously having a child and um, bringing that child to this earth and knowing these important aspects of how so important of, of responsibility it is for someone to bring in a, a child into this earth and the impact and influence that we have on our children is mind-blowing. And you talk to any mother out there that um, what's the first thing that we say is, I know what I said is, I never thought that I could love like this before. It's a it's a sense of unconditional love that you've never experienced. Um, so it's it's important, um, and it's important for mothers to be ready for this responsibility that is so grand because you just basically become a giver of yourself. Um, and if you're not prepared to have boundaries and you're not prepared to love yourself first to then expand into a we relationship and an all relationship with a family, then it can be very difficult. It can be very hard on a woman. Um, and so that impacts the child and impacts the society and the humanity that then grows up and is then leading this country that potentially didn't have good attachments. Now, there is a little caveat to this. When I talked about those attachments, the, the dysfunctional, uh, anxious, avoidant, and disorganized attachments, Dan Siegel does tell us that it this can be fixed. This can be remedied. As long as we can make sense of it, aha, then we can lead a functional life. And there's my validation for, you know, you you read all these different versions of great teachers and, you you know, for me inside of myself, it didn't feel right for me to, to say, well, all you have to do is just let it go, let it go and don't, don't think about it anymore and move on with your life. And I was too busy. What? No, I want to understand this. I want to make sense of it. I want to, I want to figure out what's going on. And Dan Siegel, I love him because he gave me validation. And he says that we do need to make sense of it. And how hard is it just to let something go? Oh, well, I have this horrible, this, this, these thought patterns and all I need to do is just let them go. It's not easy to do that. Um, for me, it was easier if I made sense of it and, and made sense sense of it, even if the story wasn't true, it was true for me so that I could let it go. But making sense of it is the point that I'm trying to make. Okay. So a um, couple other things as we look at the aspect of mother, gosh, mother gives us our immune health. She gives us our immune system. We're part of her neural hormonal system. Her diet is the child's diet. Uh, the diet, the child gets its emotional health from the mother. Ugh. 
Now let's just hope all these mothers are emotionally stable. Let's just pray and hope that all these mothers eat a really good diet so that we, they give that to that child. Um, because the immune, the immune health comes from the blood of the mother, the umbilical cord, the vaginal canal, the mother's skin, um, constantly in contact, the father's skin. Um, so that health is the microbiome and the microbiome is, that's, oh, that is, that is the 90% of our health comes from the intestinal tract or the enteric system or the the, the um, GI uh, where the micro microbiome is located, which that inoculation, the child's inoculation does take uh, an effect up to two and a half to three years of a child's life. That's the only time that we can get inoculated with good bacteria. And then the rest of our life, there's a very small chance of that happening. Now, now new things have come out. I, I for one, uh, have taken advantage of, um, I don't sell products, but when the Megasporotic came out, I decided that that was one product that I had to sell because it was the only product that I knew of that actually implanted good bacteria, not feed bacteria. I'm not talking about prebiotics. I'm talking about probiotics. I'm talking about spores, good bacteria spores into the intestinal tract. And so that is, thank God we have that um, because uh, some of us, like myself included, um, as an infant had pneumonia, so was knocked up with a lot of antibiotics and um, and throughout my life have had uh, been admitted into the hospital and had to get antibiotics. So what happens is if that inoculation uh, in that time period and a child goes through a sickness with antibiotics, which means anti-life, which means kills a lot of your really good bacteria, it sets the child up for allergies and tolerances and a very low immune system. Uh, so it's important that mother if she's not healthy, that when she does decide to have a baby, that hopefully she is super healthy so that the child can be set up with um, a good, strong immune system. And hopefully from that point on, um, the, the child stays healthy so that it doesn't get sick to ever have to go through a period of time where it needs antibiotics. Um, and ultimately, if that happens, you know, uh, I can vouch for myself having intolerances and allergies um, and having to work really hard on my diet and nutrition to make sure that my immune system stays strong. And that's that can be very difficult. And uh, uh, therein lies an experience, at least for me, and I'm sure any of you guys have been through it. You basically then learn all about nutrition on how to heal yourself and how to have a good nutrition, which ultimately benefits myself, but also then I can now work with clients and help them do the same thing with their own life. So God, it's always a win-win now, isn't it? Um, so when we talk about the neurohormonal system, um, the diet comes and develop, obviously establishes our hormones. And then the nervous system, when we talk about the nerve, neurohormonal, the nervous system is based off the mother's nervous system. So a child's outlook on life is pretty much based off the mother's perception of life. So if mother's not really happy and if she's not really happy with daddy, unfortunately, the child perceives that, feels that, and becomes that same way. Um, 
And so that is, you know, not necessarily ideal. And it's unfortunate in those situations. I know um, for my father was, didn't exist for the first year of my life, nor was there when I was born. Uh, so, you know, my parents were separated. Obviously, they were um, fighting and divorced, and my mother moved out of the state. So, my relationship with my father because of my mother's experience, wasn't a really good one. I, I didn't really feel connected to my father, but my father wasn't a primary um, caregiver to me in the first year. Uh, my grandfather was. So it's really weird because my grandfather, I, feel, I felt very, very, very much connected to my grandfather more than I did my father. And now that makes all sense to me. I understand why that I had that weird sense and feeling. Um, and when my grandfather died, was very, very upset because it was like, like losing a father, um, my father figure. So there's a, there's a lot more that I can add to this, but I don't want to go too deep into it. And I didn't want to make this podcast too long, but I just wanted to give you a little bit of tidbits of, I think, powerful information on understanding a little bit about the mother archetype, the power of the mother, the power of pregnancy and the, and the proper health and nutrition and psychological um, uh, aspect of the mother while she's pregnant has a tremendous impact and influence on the child. So for me, it's all about making making everything better, making society better, making we as people better. And so this is just a aspect of educating that if we do know mothers or we do know people that are getting pregnant or having babies, that we can educate them on how important it is to be a healthy mama and to be prepared and to have a great relationship um, with this child and have nurturing and health um, and support when the child does come so that she can be happy and create a very secure attachment to this child. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Obviously, uh, if you have any questions or comments, um, about it, you can always contact me um, personally um, at ashley at balancebod.com. Um, that is my personal email address. And um, my website is uh, balancebod.com. Um, you can reach out, give me any pieces of information or questions or anything further you'd like to, to know or understand about. I'm always willing to help. Um, all right, I'm out. This is Ashley Mazurk from MaxStormCoaching.com. Thanks for listening and spending your time with me today. Thank you for listening to the Max Storm Business Coaching Podcast. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play.